Welcome to Old Treasures Made New, your devotional podcast on the go or at home, where we read the scriptures and reflect on them with those from the past. Today, we will be reading Mark 6, 30-34, and then through J.C. Ryle's expository thoughts on Mark. Please take a moment to pause and to ask the Holy Spirit to bring understanding and to apply what we hear. Mark, chapter 6, verses 30-34. to 34. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in a boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When they went ashore, they saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. This is the word of the Lord. Let us mark in this passage the conduct of the apostles when they returned from their first mission as preachers. We read that they returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. These words are deeply instructive. They are a bright example to all ministers of the gospel and to all laborers in the great work of doing good for souls. All such should daily do as the apostles did on this occasion. They should tell all their proceedings to the great head of the church. They should spread all their work before Christ and ask him counsel, guidance, strength, and help. Prayer is the main secret of success in spiritual business. It moves him who can move heaven and earth. It brings down the promised aid of the Holy Spirit, without whom the finest sermons, the clearest teaching, and the most diligent labors are all alike in vain. It is not always those who have the most eminent gifts who are the most successful laborers for God. It is generally those who keep the closest communion with Christ and are most constant in prayer. It is those who cry with the prophet Ezekiel, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. Ezekiel 37.9 It is those who follow most exactly the apostolic model and give themselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. Acts 6.4 Happy is that church which has a praying as well as a preaching ministry. The question we should ask about a new minister is not merely, can he preach well, but does he pray much for his people and his work? Let us mark in the second place the words of our Lord to the apostles when they returned from their first public ministry. Jesus said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. These words are full of tender consideration. Our Lord knows well that his servants are flesh as well as spirit and have bodies as well as souls. He knows that at best they have a treasure in earthen vessels and are themselves encompassed with many infirmities. He shows them he does not expect more than their bodily strength can do. He asks for what we can do and not for what we cannot do. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. These words are full of deep wisdom. Our Lord knows well that his servants must attend to their own souls as well as to the souls of others. He knows that a constant attention to public work is apt to make us forget our own private soul business. And that while we are keeping the vineyards of others, We are in danger of neglecting our own. He reminds us that it is good for ministers to withdraw occasionally from public work and look within. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. There are few unhappily in the church of Christ 
who need these admonitions. There are but few in danger of overworking themselves and injuring their own bodies and souls by excess attention to others. The vast majority of professing Christians are indolent and slothful and do nothing for the world around them. There are few, comparatively, who need the bridle nearly so much as the spur. Yet these few ought to lay to heart the lessons of this passage. They should economize their health as a talent and not squander it away like gamblers. They should be content with spending their daily income of strength and should not draw recklessly on their principle. They should remember that to do a little and do it well is often the way to do most in the long run. Above all, they should never forget to watch their own hearts jealously and to make time for regular self-examination and calm meditation. The prosperity of a man's ministry and public work is intimately bound up with the prosperity of his own soul. Occasional retirement is one of those most useful ordinances. Finally, let us mark the feelings of our Lord Jesus Christ toward the people who came together to him. We read that he was moved with compassion toward them because they were as sheep without a shepherd. They were destitute as teachers. They had no guides but the blind scribes and Pharisees. They had no spiritual food but man-made traditions. Thousands of immortal souls stood before our Lord, ignorant, helpless, and on the high road to ruin. It touched the gracious heart of the Lord Jesus. He was moved with compassion toward them. He began to teach them many things. Let us never forget that our Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. High in heaven at God's right hand, he still looks with compassion on the children of men. He still pities the ignorant and those who are out of the way. He is still willing to teach them many things. Special as his love is toward his own sheep who hear his voice, he still has a mighty, general love towards all humankind. A love of real pity, a love of compassion. We must not overlook this. It is a poor theology which teaches that Christ cares for none except believers. There is warrant in Scripture for telling the chief of sinners that Jesus pities them and cares for their souls, and that Jesus is willing to save them and invites them to believe and be saved. Let us ask ourselves as we leave the passage whether we know anything of the mind of Christ. Are we, like him, tenderly concerned about the souls of the unconverted? Do we, like him, feel deep compassion for all who are yet as sheep without a shepherd? Do we care about the impenitent and ungodly near our own doors? Do we care about the heathen, the Jew, the Mohammedan, and the Roman Catholic in foreign lands? Do we use every means and give our money willingly to spread the gospel in the world? These are serious questions and demand a serious reply. The man who cares nothing for the souls of other people is not like Jesus Christ. It may well be doubted whether he has converted himself and knows the value of his own soul. That is the end of Ryle's expository thoughts for these verses. Let us carefully consider what we've heard today. May the Lord be pleased to bring the growth for his glory. In considering what we've just heard, would you prayerfully ask yourself and others the following questions? First, do we labor in whatever we do, trusting God to bring the growth in prayer 
or do we labor as if it is completely up to us? Second, for those who labor hard in whatever they do, are you aware that you are finite and limited and need rest? Are you economizing your health as a talent from God or squandering it like a gambler? And third, do we have the mind and hearts that are growing to be like Christ? Do we feel compassion for the lost, both near and far? Are we concerned to give of our means to spread the gospel to the world? Does this matter to us?